0: This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Now you're talking my language. You can hear The Drive weekday afternoons, 3 till 6 on WSJS. Welcome to a Friday drive. It is WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad, where we are coming at you live from David F. Couch true. Stadium, belovedly known as The Couch which is the home of the number one team in all the land on opening day of this college baseball season. The last time Wake Forest took the diamond, it was in Omaha, and it lost to the eventual national champions in perhaps the greatest college baseball game in the modern history of the sport. Today marks the start of another journey for the Deeks that, kind of like last year, Feels like Omaha or bus. If you think that sounds a bit too lofty, given how magical last season was, just know that this team, this staff, they're not hiding away from those expectations. They feel like things were cut short and things didn't go the way that they wanted to a year ago. And in some ways, this year's team can be even better than the team that we saw in 2023. Not too long ago, Wake head coach Tom Walter joined the show, and he told us as much.
1: We're super transparent about our goals for this team and the expectations of this team. I mean, we want to go further than we did last year, and I know we got a bunch of returners that are really hungry to make that happen. They feel like we didn't put our best foot forward in Omaha last year, and they want to get back there and uh, and play well.
0: He even went on to say that they were going to go – they hope to go further than they did a year ago. And all I could think was, well, you went extra innings in game three or game five, depending on how you look at it at that stage, against LSU in the semifinal round. That's there's only one possible stage that you can go further than that. And that is the College World Series championship series. And Tom Walter, he knows that. So with that backdrop, is this season really going to be viewed as a success if it ends here at the couch on a super regional weekend? Probably not. It's high expectations, but that's what happens when you start the season with a one next to your name like the Deeks do. And this roster, it's still loaded. Sure, Rhett Lauder's not around anymore. But the man who's going to be throwing the night, Josh Hardle, who statistically had just as good of a season as Louder did a year ago, that lefty, he's going to be available. Maybe the best Southpaw in America. You don't have the home run Titan, home run hitting Titan Brock Wilkin back, but you still do have perhaps the national player of the year in Nick Kurtz returning to you. You have In the transfer portal, Tommy Hawk's brother, Austin, that's available to you. You have also through the portal, perhaps the best pitching transfer in fireball pitcher Chase Burns, who's going to be making his Demon Deacon debut tomorrow afternoon. But really, to me, this is probably the biggest story local to Winston-Salem when it comes to the number one Deeks. What's the energy going to be in less than two hours? when they throw the first pitch on this season what is the attendance going to be like here at the couch right now behind us the second game of a doubleheader getting set to wrap up between Akron and Illinois but even if it's a big crowd this weekend at the couch what about in mid-March and early April can this be sustained because man ever since what this team did through the tournament last year and getting to Omaha, many guys on this team have become household names and people were wondering, when's the baseball season going to start? Can that energy be sustained? That's something worth keeping an eye on, but it certainly is a palpable buzz that you can sense for being in the building here. And that's why we're glad to be here and we'll be here throughout the season on X at WSJS Radio if you want in. That's where we're streaming video in addition to YouTube and Twitch. Will Dalton, the executive producer of this show. A little bit more intentional for those who are watching on the video stream. You and I both wearing the Wake Forest long sleeves today.
2: It is. we We've done this by accident about three different times, either with the Wake Forest sweatshirt or the Costco hoodie. It's It's always an accident. Today, more on purpose, though.
0: Yes. We are... All Demon Deacons today. That guy, Connor <laughs> O'Neill, going to join us, our first guest, later this hour. Dave Clawson will be our guest next hour before we throw the first pitch out on the season at 5 o'clock. Uh, Larry Sorensen, as that game begins, will join us. He is known to be a great color analyst. Who knows? We might just turn around and try to do a little bit of play-by-play and color commentary when Larry drops by. I haven't decided on that. Three of the ACC Big Four schools are going to be on the road this weekend. The one that is at home, though, is a team that hasn't won a home game since it beat Duke a couple of weeks ago, and that is the North Carolina Tar Heels. That just means that. The Tar Heels, let me think of a delicate way to put this, they're due. They are due a, let's call it, set the record straight type of game. A type of game that a reminder will be put out there as to who's the best team in the ACC, which right now is UNC. Virginia Tech's the opponent, 2 o'clock tip inside the Smith Center. They are not capable of winning in Chapel Hill. Let's look at their road record. 1-6. Not very good. And outside of Lynn Kidd in the post, they don't really have much inside for Armando Bacot and Harrison Ingram.
2: Armando!
0: But it is the Tyler Nickel revenge game. Does one outweigh the other? I don't know. But it's been too long since North Carolina has walked the team this year. That used to happen on a game-to-game basis. But the last six games that Carolina has played – have been decided by single digits. Meanwhile, if you look at the previous nine to that, Carolina won every single one of those games and won them by an average of 19.6 per win. That's what tomorrow's going to be. Closer to 19.6 than nine. North Carolina wins big. The stage is set for them to breathe fire. They are coming off of a loss to Syracuse. They're coming off a loss at home to Clemson. Remember, two straight road games after losing to the Tigers a week and a half ago. So you know the crowd's going to be juiced. I've been getting texts from people saying that ticket prices have been going through the roof a little bit since the Duke game. So I'm expecting a great crowd at the Smith Center. North Carolina wins by 20. Against Virginia Tech. Big lineup of guests. We're really glad to be being uh, glad to be here at the couch. Pretty sure that this game's just about to wrap up. Actually, we've got drama here. W.D. Akron's facing Illinois right now. Second game of a doubleheader. The weight game's going to be the third game that we see at the couch today. It's going into the bottom of the ninth. tied at four
2: we love to hear that
0: and illinois so juicy we'll be sure to keep you posted on that gripping drama day one of the college baseball season That's what I'm talking about. This might be Dave Clawson's walk-up music. If he was a player. Dressing up for the Deeks tonight. Noted Talking Heads fan. A few moments ago, we were talking about the best sports documentaries of all time and the one on Ali the rumble in the jungle 1977 maybe the documentary came out in the 90s when they were kings the best music documentary I don't know if it's even a debate everybody goes back to not making sense in the 1990s or in the 80s pardon me the talking heads Doc. So, we'll visit with Wakehead football coach Dave Clawson in just a second. Popping into the show, it's good to have you here, the head coach of the Deeks, dropping by. And one of the things I really like about Coach Clawson, you'll see him at the Joel like last Saturday. We'll see you here at Wake Baseball at the couch. And we were talking with Julius Peppers earlier this week. And we were thinking about great multi-sport athletes. In your day, just coaching or recruiting, when you think top multi-sport athletes you've been around, who comes to mind first?
3: Well, I think uh, Bo Jackson is certainly one that was able to play uh, football and baseball at a very high level. Uh, Dion Sanders was a a great athlete. those are the two probably in most recent history that played two sports at the very highest level.
0: Have you ever in high school recruited somebody to come to Wake that you felt would have been better if he had more of a passion in another sport?
3: Uh, not really. I mean, I joke with Steve Forbes all the time that he's probably got a bunch of power <laughs> forwards that could make a lot more money if they were <laughs> tight ends. Yeah, I tell those all the guys. You know, there's a lot of six, 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 seven forwards in the NBA. There's not a lot of six, 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 seven tight ends. And then Steve kicks me out of the office. So
0: Talking to baseball coaches, I, I know many of them, Dave, who have said they won't, they're sometimes they won't recruit a kid unless they play multiple sports. That sport specialization, specialization is something that they hate. They love seeing more developed athletes, don't just focus on one sport. Has your view on sports specialization, uh, specialization evolved at all over the decades since really it started to take hold in the mid-2000s?
3: I, I prefer to recruit uh, multiple sport guys, and honestly, Josh, that's probably where we've uncovered most of our gems. Um, you know, Jesse Bates. Mm. You know, Jesse Bates uh, was a sixteen, eighteen point, you know, game score in basketball. He hit, you know, whatever three eighty, four twenty in baseball, and he probably wasn't a higher level football recruit because. He didn't lift weights all year. Uh, He didn't do seven on seven uh, football camp. He didn't go to football camps. Yeah. And and because of that, once we got him at Wake Forest, and he became you know he specialized once he was in college, he just flourished, and now he's arguably the best safety in the NFL. Phil Haynes. Phil Haynes was a basketball player really until his senior year in in high school. Um, I think we were his first or second even Division One football offer. He had basketball offers, and then he focused on football, and, and look what he became. So, uh, you know, those guys that are forced to focus in one sport in eighth grade and ninth grade, and, and sometimes at the high school level, programs are so competitive that unless players do that, they can't play. And I, I think those guys have a tendency to have peaked earlier, whereas if we get a guy – that has played very uh, a lot of sports in his career. And we get him, and he just focuses on football.
0: He becomes a much – there's a lot more upside. Why don't you think we've seen – I asked Julius this earlier this week, a guy like Julius Pe- Peppers the last 10 years, somebody even try to do what he did in playing major college basketball or in the NF or major college football as well, try to do both.
3: It's. It, I mean, it's harder, and, and – you know, if you look at what we do in football now, right, it's, it's year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no offseason. And, uh, you know, so it's harder, unless you're a Julius Peppers and so elite, you know, that you can miss all that time lifting and doing the things we do in the offseason in spring football to play basketball, you know, unless you're an elite, elite somebody like uh, Russell Wilson.
0: We've gone through a few minutes of a conversation. And we're at a baseball stadium, I'm wearing an Orioles hat, and I'm glad 1979 has not come out of your mouth yet.
3: We are family, baby. <laughs> Willie Stargell, the Cobra, Dave Parker.
0: Friend of the show, Dave Parker. He's down, come on a few times.
3: Down 3-1, to one, and we got those last three. Oh, man, that was one of the happiest days of my life, man. I was a huge Buckos fan.
0: Where were you that night when they won game seven?
3: I'm pretty sure I was with my dad. Uh, Watching on television in in St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. Wow. And I used to go to bed. I used to listen to almost every single one of their baseball games on a little old 9 volt transistor radio. And I knew all their batting averages. I can still give you their starting lineup. Um, You know, and it's, uh, you know, it was a game I probably as a kid fell in love with first.
0: What do you admire about Tom Walter? Last year you said you were so proud to see him break through and go to Omaha what do you admire about him as a coach
3: I just think how consistent he is Um, I think he's a coach that has a value system I think he's a coach that is truly in it for the right reasons and you know a few years ago you know they had some tough years and uh and Tom didn't change he was the same person and you know people that can kind of go through those storms of life and remain the same person and come out of it in a better place. I always admire
0: that. Let's get to your football team. It's a different looking quarterback room. You bring in a very experienced guy. You bring in somebody who right now is an early enrollee as a freshman. Starting with the experienced hand, what can you tell me stood out about Hank Bachmeyer that made him right for Wake?
3: Well, we you know, we wanted to add experience to the room and you know, we still have Michael Kern who's in his sixth year. And we wanted to sign a guy that had played a lot of football, and uh, you know Hank Bachmeyer started for three years at Boise, and then started for a year at Law Tech, um, playing the quarterback position's hard. You know you're you're going to go through bad games, and you're going to go through bad reads, and until you've played the position uh, in a game, and, and you know so to say the uh, the experience is real, the hits are real, the interceptions are real. Uh, I just think there's a a lot of game experience we've added so you know I I think those two are going to probably battle it out to be the starter at the end of the day we we need both of them and then let's see how some of those younger guys do and you know uh, they'll have a long runway ahead of them whenever the season's done.
0: You've done a really good job though identifying high school talent that could help you pretty soon. John Wolford playing right away Sam Hartman did so his freshman year, but granted, Jamie Newman was a little bit banged up during that camp. Jeremy Higlinski, what's, what's he bring? What, what really stands out to you about him? I mean, number one, he's a winner. Uh,
3: you know, he led his team to the state championship game at Walton, and they finished 14 and 1. He's played a lot of football. He's instinctive. He's tough. He's very athletic. He can extend plays with his feet, he can make off balance throws. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about him, but I would say this, Josh, that when we've played true freshman quarterbacks, it's probably been more because of what we didn't have than necessarily what they had.
0: In other words, your program's grown so much that you don't need to do that anymore.
3: Well, I, I you know, I don't want to say that. I just think that, you know, with John Wolford, you know, we didn't have another quarterback. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was it, but. Um, you know, it would have been great to redshirt John. I mean, you look what he did in 17, and he started turning the corner in 16. And boy, it would have been great to have him in 18 and be able to redshirt Sam Hartman. And, uh, you know, and then when Sam started out of fr- his freshman year, a part of it was we, you know, had to suspend the guy we thought was going to be the starter. So, That's right. you know, I, I think in a perfect world, you're, you're never starting a, a true freshman quarterback, but. We're certainly going to let him compete and see where he's at. And if he's ready, great. And if not, you put that red shirt on, and he's got four years after that. So, uh, you know, it'll be competitive. We, You know, Charlie Gillum, Tyler Manziel are both guys that did good, good things last fall. So I just think at quarterback now, it's it's really hard to have a succession plan. I think there was, like, over 100 quarterbacks in the transfer portal this year. Crazy, And so it's uh, – you know, the days of someone waiting two or three years for their turn, um, you know, it's tough to do that anymore.
0: Dave Clausen, I hope you enjoy this atmosphere we're about to see here where more than 2,000 are expected to be here for Wake's opener. Nick Kurtz just being introduced. It's going to be fun to watch. You enjoy it? Fordham Rams, man. Oh, that's right. That was oh, first right. head job. Your first head job. Yeah, so. so. Dave Clawson, this this game was made for you. My, my first head job and hopefully my last. <laughs> Dave Clawson, thank you so much for the time. Yeah, thanks
3: for having me on. And
4: now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham.
0: Now that the Super Bowl is finished, so many other sports have some space to really start to attract some attention. NASCAR starting back up. The Daytona 500 is this weekend. WD, I'm going to take a stab in the dark at a Daytona 500 pick. You ready? Okay. 25-1, Ricky Stenhouse Jr.
4: Send me that cash out, family.
0: That's who we're going with this okay. weekend. Okay. 25-1, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. We'll see if we're right or wrong on that one uh, that one when Monday show arrives golf Tiger Woods he's on the course yesterday it was great to see him even par for a round Will Zalatoris today he hold a hole in one I believe to win a new car Everything's coming up Wake Forest. Everything's coming up Winston-Salem. We're here at the couch, home of Wake Forest baseball today. They face Fordham at 5 o'clock. Good seats still available. How about you walk up and watch a Wake Forest baseball game? But Winston-Salem's also going to take center stage at the NBA All-Star Game this weekend in Indianapolis, or at least All-Star Weekend. There really is a strong North Carolina flavor throughout the weekend's happenings in Indianapolis. But the thing I'm most excited to watch in Indy is Winston-Salem State facing Virginia Union tomorrow at 2 o'clock. It is the annual NBA HBCU Classic. And how's this for exposure? not only are they going to be playing on the same court that later that night they're going to be having the skills competition and the All-Star Game is going to be played on the day after in Indianapolis. No, the game itself will be aired on ESPN2, TNT, and NBA TV. So you get to watch Cleo Hill Jr.'s Rams and Winston-Salem State show out. That's a really Cool deal to pay attention to. And then when you get to the All-Star game, several star All-Stars are from our state. From the Eastern Conference, you have one starter in Jason Tatum. Paolo Bonquero and Bam Adebayo are from um, the Eastern Conference side. One Western Conference All-Star, you might have heard of him, Stephen Curry. So about a fifth of the All-Stars are from the state or have ties to the state. But I have no doubt, despite that being the case, WD, this is going to be obnoxious. Indiana is going to try some of this basketball's just different in our state type of stuff. Why? Because we put a basketball court in the airport. Isn't that practical? Look how big our high school gyms are. Uh, How good are your college teams? Oh, wait. Your best college team? Lost to a 16 seed last year. That was cool. When's the last time Indiana won anything? Seriously.
2: The basketball court in the airport was pretty cool, though. Can't uh,
0: that's fine. But that was when, who's, cool. who's that for? Oh, that looks it's great on Twitter. Sure, that's yeah. marketing. It looks great on Twitter. Who's that for? I got a lengthy layover. What am I going to do while I'm laid over here? I'm going to get a Cinnabon and drop some buckets on people?
2: Actually, I don't think you're allowed to play on it. What? I'm pretty sure you weren't allowed to play on that.
0: You're not even allowed to play on the court? I'm pretty sure. Unbelievable. I might have startled the batter here behind me because they got runners in scoring position. It's kind of a key spot. Got two on base. There are two outs. 1 2 pitch. I said I wasn't going to do play by play, but I'm kind of getting here roped into this game that's going on behind me here. Let's see what happens, WD. They're checking the runner, the pitch, oh, and it's fouled back.
2: Sliced foul. Yeah. Got to use the right if, verbiage.
0: So, getting back to the All Star game, though, there's only one hoop state, and it's not Indiana. This will offend Indiana folks, like our friend Jordan Suren Camp with the with the swarm. This will offend other people as well, like people who shall not be named, but you know who you are. But there will be a strong North Carolina flavor at NBA All Star Weekend in Indianapolis. Connor O'Neill is going to be here in about ten minutes. That'll be fun. <laughs>
2: Our guy, Oh, Connor. they just
0: walked the batter. 3 2 pitch. Went outside. So we got the bases loaded now, WD. Oh,
2: man. Pressure's on. He can it, he can it, he can it, he can it. So wing, batter.
0: Is it killing you that you're not here right now? Yeah. It really is. This is my This is my element. It's what it's I mean, all you about. Can go, you can go to as many Wake baseball games as you like. <laughs> I'll, yeah. We'll be at a handful of them we throughout the year. Yeah. So, very, very exciting stuff. The Carolina Hurricanes, they are in action tonight. Tonight is not. A- All I was going to say is tonight is not a read-a-book, hashtag read-a-book night. People took exception yeah. to the read-a-book night when I said there were no ACC games, someone's like, um, ACC women's basketball games. Listen, I love women's basketball. I do. But you know what I'm talking about. You do. It's understand. Like, people do the thing where it's like, uh, Josh, well, actually. And I love women's basketball. I do.
2: Caitlin like, Clark setting before, the record. Before you
0: try to tell me how much you love women's basketball or disrespectful or all these types of things, I'll ask you h- how many – women's basketball games have you been to? Because I've been to hundreds, plural, and travel <laughs> with women's basketball and have had this fight. But it is it is a different sport, and it's fine. And guess what? Guess who else wants it to be identified as a different sport? Women's basketball wants it to be identified as a different sport. But shout-out to Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Who hit the shot last night. From the logo. Yeah, they just flew out. mm so, going to extras that. here.
2: Can't do that with bases loaded.
0: Day one here. Well, you can. <laughs> and and they did. <laughs> Canes, Coyotes tonight. Only NHL game on the slate. No other NHL games. So, on NHL Network, 9 o'clock puck drop, it is the Canes and the Coyotes. You know what else is tonight? The NBA All-Star Celebrity Game. Which brings us to Curtis something Dale. that is incredible. Oh yeah, he's, Stephen A. Smith he's
2: coaching at that.
0: Going to be Dale. coaching against uh, Shannon. Shannon Sharp. I hate when people call him UNC. Why? I don't like that. He's UNC. I hate it. Cause how do you spell it? UNC. Which again is very <laughs> confusing. Why is that confusing? It's like I I type in UNC on things and then Shannon uh, Sharp stuff yeah. pops up. <laughs> I,
2: I get that.
0: It's it's pretty He's confusing sometimes. Uh but let me let me give a shout out to our friends at Underdog Fantasy because not only can you play pickums for college basketball such as the ACC tomorrow, which we will. You can also play they have pickum numbers here for All-Star Celebrity game tonight. I'm not kidding. It's so, so cool. So cool. It really is. So you know what we're doing, WD? The pick for tonight is going to be for the Celebrity All-Star game. And you know who we're going lower than on? C.J. Stroud's point total, <laughs> 18.5 points. Bryce Young's not in this game. I don't know where his point oh, total would Dude, be set, I bet
2: he balls. He does. I've seen his mixtape. He does, actually.
0: I have not seen the mixtape. Yeah. How else would you describe this mixtape?
2: I mean, he's small, so he's got good movement. He's very agile.
0: Have you seen CJ Stroud's tape? Curious. Before I no, place this, but I've seen uh, Riley
2: Leonard's up. tape. He needs to be in this game.
0: Eighteen and a half points lower. It's too many points. It's too many points when you also got on his team, the same team, WD. You have Meta World Peace. Oh boy. And you got current WNBA'er Natasha Cloud. And since people out there are alleging I'm hating on women's basketball, I'm going to go higher than 12.5 points for Natasha Cloud. How about that? And then, WD, are you a country music guy at all? Eh, it
2: it varies.
0: Do you know Walker Hayes' work?
2: I do not.
0: Well, you're going to know his work tonight. Yeah. Higher than 8.5 points. I see Jessica Hudson, higher, lower, two points. Can she get a bucket?
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know. I'm staying away. So there you go. My underdog fantasy pick for the All-Star Celebrity Game Heck yeah. is Natasha Cloud, higher than 12.5 points, Walker Hayes, higher than 8.5, CJ Stroud, lower than 18.5 points. It is so easy. It is so much fun. If you're going to play, download the easy-to-use uh, mobile app, Underdog Fantasy, and uh, sign up with the promo code THE DRIVE, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Plus, they'll give you mas- mystery special picks that make it a lot easier to win. If you can get one of those, you could use it for your first pick em entry. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code THE DRIVE, to get your first deposit of $10 or more up to $100 match plus your special pick. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Hey, that's North Carolina. Terms apply. Concern with your play. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. WD, he's about here.
2: Oh, is he?
0: From Deacon Illustrated. (laughs) From Devils Illustrated. Our buddy Connor O'Neal Going to be dropping by The first of our th- our three guests today Pardon me Bless you We've got Dave Clawson that's going to join the show In about an hour and a half And then Larry Sorensen will drop by You know who Larry played for in Major League Baseball, right?
2: Oh, he didn't play for the Expos, did he?
0: I honestly don't know. He's a great, immaculate grid cho- choice. He's played he for is. like six different teams. I was going to say the Brewers, which means he probably knows a lot about Corbin Burns. Yeah. Who's now? A Baltimore Oriole. After Duke and Wake met in Hoops Monday, who did we learn more about from that game? We'll ask our first guest, which is Connor O'Neill. Next. You're
2: on the drive with Josh Grail, WSJS.
0: O'Neill's music plays here. Yeah. As we're in extra innings at the couch in a game between Akron and Illinois. Wake baseball's in action at around five. So we're about an hour and a half till first pitch. How locked in have you been on the Zips facing the Illini?
4: I walked in and they were – in the 8th, and then I looked up, and they were in the ninth with faces loaded, and then it was going to the 10th. So that's that's about the extent of what I know in this game.
0: Great analysis from Connor. That's <laughs> what you can expect. Deacons Illustrated, Devils Illustrated. Wake Forest faced Duke on Monday. Who do you think we learned more about Monday night and watching those teams play each other? What huh. was the biggest story to come from that game?
4: I think it's Duke. Winning a game that they never pulled away but also never gave up the lead. That was John's main point. Um, I'm sure WD filled you in with everything you needed to know as you were under the weather. But It was was a weird game. It was Wake never led, Duke never led by more than nine. So it stayed in that nine-point range of Duke leading and tied. And I think it was important for Duke to kind of tough it out against a team that is maybe not their equal, but has a lot of talent. Like, it's one thing to go beat Notre Dame and Boston College by 15-18 and 18 or whatever Boston those scores College. were. It's another thing to do it when it actually is a team that's trying to make the NCAA tournament that you can't just roll the ball out there. And I'm not saying Duke was lackadaisical against Notre Dame and BC, but those are teams you can out-talent.
0: If you're looking at the tiers of the ACC currently – with a few weeks left to go, there seems to be a fight. I guess you could say there are four teams tied at seven and six who are a game behind Wake Forest at eight and five for the double-by position at number four. But one of those is FSU that's lost four of its last five and is playing Duke tomorrow. Uh, another is NC State, which has not been playing all that well played either. Pittsburgh has been, though. So let's start at the top. Do you think that's pretty clearly established, Duke, Carolina, and Virginia?
4: yeah, those three will be in all likelihood the the three at the top I mean, I don't know if you can bank on them not starting the a c c tournament until Thursday, but pencil it in and and
0: how much separation is there between those three?
4: I don't think much i mean the the standing show they're all they're within a game um and and the fun part of this is in the next, what, three to four weeks, they all play each other. Mm-hmm. Like, Duke gets uh, both of them at home. Yep. Carolina goes to both of them on the road. So there's going to be some sorting out that, that is done. It's not going to be a, you know, scoreboard watching, one-team scoreboard watching for the entire time. Like, they all control their destiny in some way, shape, or form or fashion.
0: Isn't this weekend the weekend we're going to get some preliminary rankings from the NCAA?
4: I think so, yeah. I think they get together and give you the – it's like the top four seed lines, right? They give you basically their top 16.
0: And I guess the positioning for Duke and Carolina going to be noteworthy.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I pay a lot of attention to black bracket matrix, and uh, Duke, the last time I checked, which was either last night or the night before, was the top four seed. So they're the most secure, quote-unquote, four seed. Um, which means some brackets have them in in the three range. I don't know that anybody has them at two. And then most of them have them four or five.
0: What made the Pittsburgh upset at Wake or at Virginia worse news for Wake Forest? The fact that (laughs) you now have to go to JPJ tomorrow if you're Wake or the fact that Pitt has beaten Wake already and now has two better wins than the Demon Deacons, a situation where Pitt might be a more attractive NCAA tournament team than Wake?
4: No, I think it's the former. I think it's – you. I, I don't know if there's any statistical backing of this. I know that it didn't play out when everybody thought, oh, man uh, – or it did play out uh, when – Carolina loses the game going into Carolina-Duke, and then that is their quote-unquote wake-up call, Yeah, and they beat Duke, and they haven't played well outside of that game really in their last five, right? Yeah,
0: well, last – you have Clemson and then two more, yeah, three. Yeah.
4: Um, so I <coughs> – I just – like I said, I don't know if there's any st- statistics to back it up. It just feels like you almost want the team to be – the team that you're playing to be on a roll – and then you knock them off as opposed to getting them on the other side of getting knocked off.
0: Because there is something to the fact that they've won 23 in a row in that building. Are you they f- now going to have started losing streak? Yeah. You start figured, a streak in the other direction?
4: You figure they're not going to drop a second straight in a row. And you also figure they've played two bad defensive games in a row. Sure. Like They played Florida State last weekend and I think gave up 80 or 76 or something like that.
0: Yeah. And the game before that, they allowed 38 against Miami. <laughs> yeah.
4: So uh, – you know, I, I, think, I think Wake will land somewhere in the middle of 38 and 76. Uh, whatever, Pitt, Pitt might have scored 76 too. Um. Hot
0: takes coming from Connor O'Neill here from Deacon in Dallas, Pebbles Illustrated. Uh, this is not a hot take. This is actually just facts, as kids say. In February, YMCA members can refer their friends to join. And if you do, you both get $50 in YCash and are automatically entered to win a $500 Visa gift card. Learn more. Y M C A N W N C dot org. I've got my Orioles cap on here. And I was trying to explain to somebody, after the Orioles had the ownership change, and then they traded for Corbin Burns, how weird of a feeling this is as a Nose fan. And also the fact they won 101 games last year. And I assume it's something that Chicago Cub fans felt in 2016. Red Sox fans felt in 2004. In this case, the shift as as a, an identity point of being a fan of a team that's aggrieved from being a team that's a front runner. The O's are a legitimate front runner, and I don't know how to act. Or to quote Ricky Bobby, "I don't know what to do with my hands."
4: Yeah, I kind of think they have to win a World Series before they're a true like front runner. Yeah, the, the team to beat. They are a team to beat. Uh, it is a different feeling. Um,
0: I like this feeling. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's an adjustment, not like I, I feel still the PTSD where it's like I this time of year is coming up and I don't know how to feel happy.
4: Well, just look at the headlines from yesterday and you won't feel happy. That
0: felt comfortable. Yeah. It's I awful. saw that and I immediately – did feel like the warrior with PTSD, like the wounded warrior, like, ha! Ha! That's how, it's how I felt when I saw the, the headline of, you know, Braddish is going to be dealing with uh, elbows, <laughs> sort
4: of. Getting the, getting the platelet-rich uh, <laughs> plasma injection that always is the thing that they try, and that's like, okay, if this doesn't work, you get Tommy John.
0: Yeah, and then John
4: John means is John his... means is a month behind. Uh-huh.
0: Our... Gunner Gunner Henderson.
4: I'm not too concerned about that one. Like that one said he's going to be back in 2 weeks. The season. He's a
0: Boris client so he's not going to sign long term probably.
4: Yeah, well, he's under contract for like 5 or 6 more years. I so hope, you, still... just don't worry about that one. The the 20-year-old catcher who can't throw yet is is concern number 3 in my mind. Like mm-hmm. I want Samuel Basalo coming in When a a catcher can't throw, it's kind of a bad deal for a sport that's moving toward more base running and more stolen bases. Or you can trade that guy and get another ace. No, no, you don't trade 20-year-old catchers that do the things that he does. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS.
0: This is fun. Larry Sorensen, now joining us. You know him from being a big league all-star, for one, (laughs) but also being the right-hand man to Stan Cotton on Wake football and wherever you're needed. Wake baseball this year, for sure, too. For years, you and uh, Stan have done a great job on the ESPN Plus broadcasts. Wake baseball got off to a slow start on the mound, letting Fordham take a One-nothing lead, but then in the bottom half of the inning, Tellier steps to the plate, first pitch, first at bat of the season. And it's gone to the deepest part of the park in left center. Pretty cool.
1: First at bat in his career as a deep. You know, <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to be going through record books someplace yeah. to find out when that yeah. happened. But yeah, great way to energize a tremendous crowd. I mean, I came in uh, and there were people lined up forty yards deep to get through the uh, security and everything. So it's been an electric atmosphere around the ballpark and, and carried over from what they ended up with last year.
0: So it's been great. Tellier is a guy that. You see stepping into a role that was Tommy Hawks last year being a, a leadoff guy. Um, that's where you begin when you talk about how much different this year's team can be. doesn't mean different, worse. It could, just means different. Different.
1: Different. And there's, there's lots of ways that um, Walter can go, too, with his lineup. And I think that you'll see him experimenting the first 12 to 15 games and, and trying different people at different spots. One story about Tellur, I came in the fall – and uh, obviously, huge turnover with 10 players drafted, some seniors that left, so on and so forth. And I came in and didn't know anybody really. And they had T-shirts on. Hmm. And they had numbers, but there was no roster or anything. And I, my, I just kept being drawn back to third base. And I'd look at new guys and try to figure out who was who and hadn't done that much research yet. And Tellier was playing third. And he just, the way he moved, the things that he did, the the attitude that he projected, you know, in, in a quiet, confident Um, handle anything kind of way he was the he was the guy I picked out that
0: day that I watched without having any idea who he was Josh Hartle we got to know him very well obviously he's on the mound currently or we're in the bottom half of the second but was just on the mound a short while ago starting the season Chase Burns is a guy that a lot of people (laughs) are excited to watch from Tennessee some think he's the best transfer pitcher in the nation what have you seen from him leading up to the year well, I watched
1: him throw in the lab last week, and I made sure that there was a bullpen catcher and two nets <laughs> in between him and, uh, and me. And the thing, the first thing you see
0: is the... Uh, all right. That's Play at nice. the plate. Slide. Safe. Right hand got in to throw a ride at third base. That gets away. Here comes another runner sliding head first, and Wake Forest adds a pair.
1: All right, and that's your basic opening day Little League play.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of balls being thrown awry, and Wake Forest getting a couple of runs, and I get to play Vin Scully for two minutes.
1: There you go. How did it feel? You mm. like it? You, uh, you're I used thinking to play-by-play play back, back I'm sure in the you did. I'm no. sure you did. Is that? But anyway, you, back yes. to Burns. Back to Burns. Thank back you. to Burns. Um, real quickly. Uh, he just hes special. You know, it, it's electric coming out of his hand. It's easy, it's free, it's smooth. He's very, very into learning how to be better. I got moosed the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up to talk to Cory Muscara and uh, and Bill Salento and wisely took Salento first, who was 59 minutes out of his allotted 60.
0: <laughs> and then... He uh, play it first. And Grandma.
1: then Cory Muscara told me he had an hour and 143 minutes on tape later, and then 50 minutes showing me how Houston, how Merrick Houston fields ground balls. Later, um, I got out. But you know, he said he said that one of the things Burns does is he's so interested in everything, not just how hard can I throw times to first base. You know, and he says you're not within our parameters yet. You know, and we need you to get there. And he said he's worked as hard at it as anybody on the team or the staff. And so he's got that attitude. And so I watched him after, after he threw, and he was just one of the guys. You know, he was he was patting guys on the butt and kicking guys, and, you know, and he was just one of the guys, and it was great to watch. Is
0: there anything about this team that you think could be better than last year's team?
1: I think the bullpen, we're going to have to see who comes out of where, and they're a little bit nicked up and dinged up right now. So there are going to be some guys given opportunities right now that probably would not have seen them in the early going. And it's both worrisome to Tom Walter as a coach, but it's also a great way to figure out what you've got and know what you can count on later on because it gets to be a long season and you're going to need everybody.
0: Larry Sorensen is with us here. This year, it's weird when you talk to Tom Walter, He's been around long enough to understand how to handle expectations, but it's he's one of the few coaches, fortunately down here, we have college programs that are great enough to have ones, twos, threes next to their name. But Coach K or Roy Williams when they were handling those types of things at Carolina and Duke, they would never think to say, oh, yeah, well, our expectations to just win a championship, and if we don't win a championship, that's then we don't beat our – Our goal, it's usually not as cut and dry as that. And Tom Walter hears the expectations about Omaha or Bust, those types of things. And he responds to that by saying, we expect to go farther than we did last year, which they were (laughs) in the semifinals in Omaha. That's pretty far. So I, I find it interesting the way that he's handling these expectations. What do you think?
1: I think a big part of what he's doing is he, he's learned through the years to turn it over to the team as well, and that your strongest teams are going to come from player-led Type of programs and they had some troubles a couple years back because Mm -hmm. players got selfish quite honestly because they went to a five-round draft and guys were in college instead of in pro ball where they expected to be and i get it as a player that left i'm i'm on the 47 year plan at michigan right now (laughs) because i still don't have my degree but but you expect to get into pro ball and you don't and it's a shock to the system and it changed the way guys played and tom knew that he had to change the culture and he did and now he's named his captains already and he did that in the fall because he knew who the players were that were going to lead this team. And Josh Hartle and uh, Nick Kurtz are tremendous, tremendous models for these guys. And so what you do when the players are doing it for you, it lets the coach sit back and observe and see different things. And the players take it to heart when it comes from a player.
0: Chipper Jones speaking this week with at the, the first pitch dinner. We've heard about that for a while now. Roll the quad putting that together. Did you ever... Cross paths at all with Chipper Jones?
1: No, I didn't. But I get to interview him tomorrow night, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. And uh <laughs> and, and I'll tell him how I'd have gotten him out, and he'll tell me how many home runs he would have hit, <laughs> and he'd be more right than me. So <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know. You 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 put out a few in your day.
1: <laughs> yeah, there it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, Major League Baseball was everything that you want it to be. You see the dark and and you know the work side of it too, but. Uh, Major League Baseball is pretty much everything you want as a kid.
0: Was there a batter that you grew up watching that you, I won't say were starstruck when they stepped to the plate, but you really badly wanted to put them out, and it meant a lot to you if you did?
1: Well, you know, I got to pitch Carl Yastrzemski day in Fenway Park, and uh, the last out of the game, he had a little tapper back to me for the last out, and uh, and I got that ball signed by him, and I don't get, you know, there's something about taking a shower with a guy that takes the magic away from his autograph. You know, mm-hmm. and so I don't get many autographs or didn't save and collect much, but I got Yaz to sign that ball for me.
0: How do you get him to sign that ball?
1: You send it over through a clubhouse kid, and I think Yaz must have thought that uh, he was kidding that it was for me because he spelled my name wrong. So two R's, <laughs> but I had two R's, but I've still got it. You know, I've still
0: got it. You probably would have misspelled his name too.
1: Nah, well, yeah, you're probably right. Funny thing is 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 years years later, back in uh, 2019 18, 19 I was living in Boca Raton and went into a new place to get my hair cut, and it was the place where Yaz got his hair cut. Hmm. and so I went in a couple of Saturday mornings just to sit at the altar, you know, at the feet of because he was a great player, and he was, he was a guy I had great respect for, the way he did things and the way he played and and the things that he did. Al Kaline was my idol growing up in Detroit. And uh, he happened to be a a family friend of my ex-wife. And the first time I was at the batting cage in Milwaukee and we played the Tigers, he came up and he tapped me on the back and he said, Hi, Larry, I'm Al Kaline. And I said, (laughs) 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 that's what I said. That's how you said it. I get it.
0: Larry Sorensen's with us here. You played for the Brewers. The Orioles just acquired arguably the best pitcher in baseball from the Brewers. The O's 101 last year. Just how excited should I be right now, or how tempered should I be? Should I be protecting my heart at all, or should I be like Wake Forest baseball fans right now? No, man,
1: go crazy. Go crazy because now's the time. It's opening day. It's early in the year, right? everybody's healthy, you're going to win 110 this year instead of instead of 101, but he's an innings eater. It's interesting to me that Major League Baseball is starting to go back a little bit to try to find guys and reward them for being innings eaters because we went through that stretch where it was get us through one inning and we'll go to another 95-mile-an-hour arm and now they're going back to guys like Burns that averages 180 to 220 innings per year, and, and that's the kind of guy I always wanted to be. Larry
0: Sorensen with us here. Before we continue with Larry, a reminder that for new and current members of the YMCA, you could start off 2024 the right way with one of these three offers, three one-hour personal training sessions for $99, bucks, 2 MyZone heart rate monitor belt for 120 or you could buy one boot camp and get one half off. Go to YMCA, dot org when you look at the state of north carolina baseball wise it's hard to imagine anywhere else in the country having quite what we have
1: it, it is and it isn't i mean i came from the north like i said i came from michigan and we used to think that we could come down and compete down here sure yeah I'll learned that lesson pretty quickly <laughs> after i started watching these guys play ball the amount of talent in north carolina and south carolina is is immense now you go further south and it's it's even greater. And then you head over to Texas, which is so big that, you know, that's a whole different category kind of too. But what we've got here in North Carolina is unbelievable. The programs are so great, and they're so great academically too. You know, and you sound like such a yutz when you say it, but, but it's true. And when you talk to the kids that have come – transferred in now and i get to hang i get the opportunity to hang around the batting cage and talk to these guys and and i ask all the guys that have transferred in you know how are you finding the academics and they've come from very good schools and a couple of them say it's about what i expected a couple of them said mm, i've had to knuckle down a little bit you know and a couple of them have said i'll be glad when it's over you know? yeah <laughs> so but uh they do love the baseball program and
0: then if you make it about the acc rather than the state of north carolina Man, it's already good, and then you're adding Stanford starting next year.
1: Yeah, that'll be a challenge. That In a lot of different ways, that will be a challenge. And, you know, you look at SMU, a team coming out of there, and uh, there's going to be some good baseball played here for a long time. And, and I was talking to some people on the way in today. Uh, because I had to park across the street, I had to park over at the yeah, and, and walk through the tunnel and come across. And some people were walking through the tunnel, and I said, hey, can I talk to you for a second? They looked at you know. And, and I went up and, and just said, why are you going to the baseball game? And they said, well, what kind of question is that? The woman said first. But they had two kids, about 10 and 8. And she said, we got our kids season tickets for Christmas. Oh, Wow. And I said, oh, how beautiful is this, you know? And, and they, they said, we came to six or eight games last year, just loved it. The kids love baseball. They're they're familiar with one of the players on the team, brother. You know, one of the boys has a friend who has a brother that's on the team. But they bought season tickets for the kids for Christmas. And, and the, you hear the stories as you walk around. And it's an electric. The city really got behind the baseball team last year. And it's been great to see. There
0: aren't many open seats. Nope. I'm looking around. This place doesn't hold three thousand, and there's more than two thousand that are here right now.
1: And there's the first error of the year for uh, Adam Tellier. so.
0: Huh? Can't do everything.
1: Well, you try to get them all out of the way early, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah. Well, this is going to be a special year, and it's just one of those things—the energy in this place. You and I—we were texting about it, just trying to see how sustained that can be. The team has to put last year in the past. The fans don't. And you can ride that wave into 2024.
1: Yeah, you know, the other neat thing, Josh, is, is that there are enough, there's so many new players that they want to embrace that. And they want to see what it's about. And, I mean, five years ago, if you walked in on this day, there'd be 300, 400 people here, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And now you look, and as you said, it's jammed. And every player out there in white right now that wasn't here last year is saying, okay, this can be an all right deal right now.
0: How's Hartle doing right now?
1: He'll be fine. You know, he's like the le- – you asked about concerns. He's way up there at the top of the list of least concerns.
0: Pitch 41 is nubbed back. 4-1 to one, Wake Forest here in the top of the third inning. Larry Sorensen we will have to do this again during the year. Do this – Yeah. We will try to be out here once a month and hang out, and we appreciate you spending time and sharing some of the space. (laughs) It's not a lot of space up here to be had as we've covered, but thank you for being here for us.
1: My pleasure, and glad to do it anytime. Get Stan up there because I'm converting him to a baseball guy. They just
0: call him safe at third base? I think they did. Uh, I think we might get an appeal on that one. Might have our first appeal of the season.